there, fitness enthusiasts and goal getters. Welcome to the 8020 Podcast, where we believe in breaking down the science of health and fitness while keeping it 20% lighthearted and fun. I'm your host, Coach Haley, the founder of Unstressed Athletics, a personal trainer, paramedic, and firefighter. In this podcast, we're going to explore the 80%, the hard facts, the science-backed strategies, and the proven methods that lead to success in health, fitness, and achieving your goals. But hey, we're not all about serious business here. We've reserved a solid 20% for the lighter side of things. Fun anecdotes, quirky stories, and maybe a few fitness jokes thrown in for good measure. Each week, I'm bringing in the experts, those who've mastered the art of healthy living, crushed their fitness goals, and have the knowledge to prove it. We're talking nutrition gurus, fitness pros, and goal-setting champions. Whether you're a seasoned gym goer or just getting started on your fitness journey, the 8020 Podcast has something for everyone. So join me every week as we unpack the 80%, have a laugh with the 20%, and collectively work towards a healthier, happier version of ourselves. Get ready to discover the perfect balance between science and smiles. This is the 8020 Podcast. Let's dive in. Welcome, sneaker enthusiasts and fitness connoisseurs, to another exciting episode of the 8020. I'm your host, Coach Haley, and today we have a true legend in the sneaker world joining us. Um, all of my guests that I asked to come on the 8020 have four main qualities passion, positive, expert in their area, and fun. And today we have Cyrus Hartsauer here, and he's a big ball of positive energy. He has a mad passion for shoes. And on top of that, he is the co-owner of Play Incorporated. So you cannot be part of a store called Play without being a ton of fun. Hi, Cyrus. How are you today? I'm awesome. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Um, so just as a little intro, I was wondering, you've been given the name The Sneaker Guy in a random encounter in Nova Scotia. Are you able to elaborate on that for me? Yeah, totally. So my wife and I uh, were working corporate jobs in Calgary and getting kind of burnt out and we decided like why are we doing this our lives aren't our own so we ended up quitting those jobs and moving to rural nova scotia and we had to get a job and the company that we were working with said yeah you know what you can go to store level that's cool we'll get positions for you and Sai, you're going to be in sales and i'm like sales i've only ever been in management i've never done sales before and freaking out And I'm an introvert by nature, so I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to prepare myself as much as possible. So I studied as much as I possibly could about shoes. I learned all that I could about all the different models that uh, the store I was working at carried. And then I just kind of remember some of my positive experiences that I ever had. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to take all of these things that I'd ever kind of, kind of learned and, and, you know, again, geeked out on, uh, on the interwebs and then just kind of provide awesome experience selling shoes. And that really, really kind of helped me. And then I kind of like started learning. That's like, okay, well, what works and what connects with people and what doesn't. And then kind of go from that point on. So that part of things is like, you know what? I just wanted to help people ultimately. And um, Shannon and I, where my wife and I, we were in, um, we we're doing a day trip and we were out of the, a place called that Darn Dutchman, which is a cheese manufacturer. So like, yeah, I was like, it was awesome. So we're like, we're like 200 kilometers from um, where we were working and stuff and kind of sitting down. Um, we just done some sampling and stuff like that. And then this group of bikers come in, big dudes. 
and walk in. I'm like, ooh, it's kind of kind of intimidating. I'm off to the side a little bit. And guy kind of like is walking, kind of goes, looks at me. And it's like, sneaker guy, new Glasgow. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> so that's kind of how it happened. It just must have left enough of an impression on that, uh, that individual that they are like, hey, you're the sneaker guy. And you must have gave me a good, uh, good show. I try to give pieces of myself. Part of it is I've got a passion for shoes and just like to let that passion of shoes come out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to use the word passion. Um, anyone that's ever seen you in a shoe store or around the running community just knows like that really awesome, positive, passionate energy. And it does make people want to go running. It makes people want to try on every shoe in the store, <laughs> regardless <laughs> of if they were just coming in to buy a pair of socks. So can you tell me what you are currently wearing in your repertoire of shoes and why you love them wow okay so i have to i know there's a lot (laughs) (laughs) i I have to preface this by saying i'm trying to get a little better and what i mean by that is i'm not trying to have like 10 different shoes at rotation at a a time there because it's super easy and hard to to do that but i'm really trying to kind of keep myself to a a short of list of shoes and i'm not even going to get into my trail shoes versus my my road shoes because i'm really focusing more on the road side of things um now i've got the hoka mach 5 um the new balance rebel v3 a new balance super comp trainer version one they're on version two right now but i'm running in version one the Saucony Canvara Pro, and then I've got my race shoe. And I say race in quotations because I'm not fast by any way, but I like to feel like I'm fast wearing a race shoe. Um, and I'm wearing the Saucony Endorphin Pro 3. Yeah, so those are the ones that I currently have in rotation there. And I've got a real list of like shoes I kind of want for this year here. So, <laughs> What do you like about them or what made you, like I know that's a lot of shoes for most people, <laughs> and I know you love shoes, but what do you like about all of them well it's it's interesting that it does sound like a big shoe lineup and when you're kind of first getting getting into running um you generally tend to get one shoe and then it's like that's the one shoe that does everything which i kind of call an everyday trainer um i have the luxury of being able to um, have multiple shoes for multiple depth applications so the mock five and the rebel are fairly similar shoes where they're kind of everyday shoes and i kind of use them for up tempo um, threshold type run so a little bit lighter a little bit more responsive faster type of situations there um, I just like that they are quick underneath my feet there but if I'm running longer distances I need a little bit more cush um, I find that as I get a little bit older I like having a little bit more underneath my feet so I'm not feeling like my teeth are getting rattled out of my body um, so there's the new category shoe um, which are called super trainers. I didn't coin that name. Somebody had mentioned it on uh, on YouTube. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm, I'm taking that and it sounds awesome. And the New Balance Super Comp Trainer and the Kinvara Pro, which is super different than the Kinvara, are both these super trainers. So you kind of get all of these premium, like ultra premium technologies in a shoe that you're using every day to do everything in. So they've got a carbon fiber plate in them. They maybe have like the fancier foams in them. So I kind of like those ones right now because again, it makes me feel a little bit faster. And the idea of them is to kind of use your energy. And as you start to get a little bit tired, you can have the plate in order to um, help, you know, gain your 4% extra um, in it, but I just like the way that it kind of rolls me through the, through the gate there. So it's, I never really, weirdly, I never really find a shoe I dislike. I am kind of fortunate where I don't have um, any super 
challenges when I'm I'm wishing wearing a shoe. It's usually just kind of put it on, feels good, and and away you go. So they end up being like, hey, I like them all. It's just like what levels of like and going into the kind of love level there. Um, there's things that I would change about shoes, like that Mach 5. My quirk with it is that it doesn't have rubber on the bottom of it. And Hoka heard that, and they said the new version that's coming out in a month is going to have rubber on the bottom of it. It's like, oh, perfect. So, yeah, it's a, it's really neat because the, the shoe companies that get all this feedback from all the people, and they kind of make the changes that they need to to uh, you know keep you running in their brand and keep wearing the shoes that you love. Can you just touch really briefly on the carbon fiber plate? I don't know if people are really familiar with that, or I know you mentioned the 4% uh, give, uh, giving back to your run, uh, and I've tried them and River tried them, and you do kind of feel like you're springing along. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really, really neat technology. It was, I believe it was Nike. I could be incorrect on, on that. Don't quote me on it. Um, and who kind of started introducing carbon fiber plates into their shoe as a, as a way to um, help with fatigue as you start going along there and efficiency of running and the snapback. So if you ever watch hockey, um, remember where it was wood sticks and then all of a sudden carbon fiber sticks came in and it's like, wait a second, this is revolutionary and it kind of changed things there. It's interesting because uh, as you may have found, it's like as you are towing off, kind of stores that energy and helps propel you forward. I find particularly like if I'm running uphill and I'm on a grade and the shoe gets a little bit of flex to it, kind of helps kind of pop me up, up the actual hill there. Um, as for getting tired and starting to help me through the gate, and it also kind of helps stabilize the shoe as well. Um, as we're starting to get foams that are a little bit more squishy, a little bit more responsive, they're not holding the structure as much. So your foot's moving around a little bit more and the carbon plate is kind of keeping things so you're not going, whoa, all over the place, but still getting a, a layer of cushion underneath you is going um, press down and then kind of pop you through there. So it, it's neat because that's usually been reserved for race shoes. And now they're putting in a shoe that you're wearing all the time because you only really pull out your race shoe a couple times a year. You pull it out, it's like, oh yeah, special occasion, wear that. But then it's like, it feels so good, you just want to wear it around all the time. So now the super trainers are kind of doing that for you. I think my biggest beef, beef with them is that they are a little bit, I'm used to more of like a zero drop kind of shoe and I feel mm -hmm. like I'm a little bit higher up. But like you said, for the long distance run, it's nice to have the extra cushion and the extra spring. Yeah. Uh, I do have a really funny story in regards to the race shoe. I don't know if uh, listeners typically do have a specific shoe that they use for racing, but when my parents did, my dad did his first marathon and my mom was quite a big runner. Uh, she told my dad, like, do not buy new shoes for your, your race. It'll be terrible. You're going to get blisters, et cetera, et cetera. And right before the race, she pulls out a new box, opens it up and puts on brand new shoes right in front of him. And so I think psychologically, she really destroyed him for that race just because mm -hmm. she's in brand new shoes and he's in his old ones. Um, you obviously use race specific shoes. Um, can you just maybe tell our listeners why or what you're looking for in a race shoe? Well, it's, it's interesting for me. I'm a middle of the packer type of person. I came to running late in life. I didn't start at high school and start doing track and stuff like that. Um, so for me, I actually find it's more psychological than, than anything, to be quite honest, where um, I've been training in, say, uh, a mid economy car and then all of a sudden out it's race day and I get in the Lambo and I feel like I'm super speedy in it 
but I mean, so there's definitely that part of it. It's like, oh yeah, I reserve it for that particular occasion. So in my brain, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. It really gets you fired up for, for race day. Uh, but what kind of the benefits of a, of a race day issue is that you still get like the mega performance in them. So again, they're super responsive, really, really quick underneath their foot, lightweight, and they've just stripped anything out of it that could be extra weight to the shoe. And as you're running longer distance, five or 10K, um, half marathon or marathon, near the end, you start to get a little bit fatigued. And if you're swinging more weight underneath your foot, it's like that can kind of tire you out. So then you have your race day shoes, which are, are lightweight and you're not swinging as much weight underneath your foot there. And it really helps with um, reducing the fatigue there. And then popping a carbon plate in it, which is helping give your energy back to you in order to help propel you. And you're like, oh, sweet. So that's kind of the idea of the actual racing issues. But for me, it's all in the brain. <laughs> I love that analogy. I feel like I now have an excuse to buy new shoes and call them my Lambo shoes. I totally do. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Yeah, that's wicked. Um, okay, so a lot of runners are not really aware that certain shoes are made to correct different running gates or the way that our feet kind of roll or move. And the way that we run or walk, sometimes we can see different wear patterns in our shoes. And I think a lot of people maybe have term heard the terms pronation and supination. Um, can you maybe describe what those two things are and what running shoes have done Um well, I, I super appreciate you bringing um, this question up there because it kind of like gets me an opportunity to kind of address something which we hear fairly regularly where people come in and they say, well, I pronate. And it's like, well, we all pronate ultimately. Um, so when you're walking or running, it's a heel strike, foot flat, towing off. Now, some people do midfoot. This is more of a generalization. Um, but we land on the outside of our foot and then we roll onto the inside of our foot there. That's pronation. Um, if you didn't do it, then that's where there's an issue. So it's whether or not you supinate, um, so you underpronate or you overpronate. So supination is your foot is kind of going inward supination and then um, over under, sorry, overpronation is, sorry, overpronation. <laughs> I'm going to flip that. I just got all nervous there. Um, Don't so worry. <laughs> overpronation is inward like this. Supination is outward like this. Now, I remember when I, I got that sales job and footwear for the first time, um, I did all the research on it and it gets super, super geeky. So I try to keep it like as simple as possible. So overpronation is your foot comes in very, very quickly while you're running or walking. So it can put pressure on the inner parts of your knees. Um, and then supination is your feet stay out to the outside. So think of someone who maybe looks, it looks like you're walking on the outsides of your foot at supination looks like you're walking on the inside is overpronation. So, and it really just, it's your body alignment more than anything. Um, it can just put extra stress on, on knees, hips, and since that all stuff is all connected and runs up to your back ultimately. So it can, it can cause some challenges. And what is interesting is that shoes are now going about stability or support for um, overpronation and supination a little bit differently where they used to go and have a, harder piece of foam on the medial side of the shoe. So the inside of the shoe versus the outside of the shoe, if you're looking at the shoe. Um, and now what they're doing is they're kind of putting 
this is a neat way to, to think of the analogy of like bumpers on the bowling lane. So you're a kid and they put those big foam roller bumper things. So you throw the ball and it actually hits the pins. It doesn't go in the gutter and you're like all bumped. Well, now the guide rails of shoes are ultimately kind of helping guide your foot through a natural path there ultimately. So it doesn't feel like a block is underneath your arch to support you. And a lot of shoes are doing that. I just want to just summarize just because, uh, just to make sure. So when you're rolling inwards, um, kind of the harder way to sprain your ankle, right? The inwards way. Yeah. That's over pronation. Yes, that's that. correct. Perfect. And then when you're going outwards, supination. So supination okay. is the outside. Over pronation, yeah. supination, and then pronation is your actual normal running gait, which most yeah, people don't know, yeah. including so, myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you, and kind of break it down this way too, as you had mentioned, looking at the bottoms of shoes, if you flip your shoe upside down and you look at it, it's that in the heel area and you're wearing this whole, this one side out, um, so that's supination. And then on the other side of it where heels here, and then this is where your arch would be. If you're wearing this whole side out here, so all of the rubber is all kind of worn off there, um, that is over pronation. So. Okay. So inside of the shoe worn out over pronation, outside of the shoe worn out is supination. That's correct. Yeah. And it's always best to talk to a foot doctor as, as well if you're ever like super concerned about it. But like that's kind of like a rough beginner's guide to kind of get the information. It's like, I think I do some funky things when I'm running, but I'm not sure. And I think a lot of people sometimes just get like whatever running shoe and they're not even aware that they have a uh, supination shoe or a shoe that is corrective um, yeah. when they should be in a neutral shoe because they have a normal gait, but they just grab whatever one, right? So that's where it becomes really important to talk to somebody and see what the differences are in the shoe that you're getting, because you could be in a corrective shoe when you really don't need to be. Yeah, um, it, I call our team shoe nerds and they're shoe nerds all over the place at running specialty stores there. And it can seem intimidating going in there. And it's like, well, maybe you're not a runner or you're new to it or stuff like that. It's just people that are super passionate about helping you. Um, and you just kind of go in there and then they can really help guide you through that process there. And I know a lot of people will, I'm just getting into the sport. I'm going to get something that's inexpensive and then it can be the wrong thing. And the shoe can be a contributing factor as to what's causing discomfort. And there's already enough challenges getting into running. And you're like, I don't want to do this anymore and don't get to enjoy the passion of it. So it kind of really, the football is a big part of it. So taking the time to kind of get a, what we call in the industry, the sit and fit experience from an expert will definitely start to ease the process of getting into the sport there. <laughs> oh, definitely. But really, at the end of the day, running is a very inexpensive sh uh, sport compared to anything else that you could do, whether you're like biking or swimming or going to the gym. So I think it does make sense if you are going to go run, why not get a nice pair of shoes? Get the Lambo of shoes <laughs> if you're going <laughs> to be out there running. And yes, I am going to be using that multiple yeah. times during this because I love it so much. Um, yeah, so just when it comes to like shoe nerds and, and play and stuff like that, running is really the sport that keeps giving back for me in terms of community and meeting all of these awesome people at races and just the positivity and the passion. And I know there is a lot of people out there that are scared to to start running or don't want to call themselves runners. But if, if you integrate yourself into that community, everyone that I've known in that community is super open to 
new runners and, and helping them. And I don't know if you remember like a long, long time ago when I actually did a job interview back at Play Incorporated, um, there was Iron Man finishes on the screen while we were doing that interview. And yeah. both of us were kind of like half watching them. And hmm. we started talking about how passionate we were and how uh, motivating it is to see some of these people that are kind of collapsing at the finish line, but still crawling across it because they're so, they, they just have worked so hard and want to go that the distance and finish it. And I remember sitting there being like, okay, I'm going to start like getting really emotional and tearing up right now, but this is a job interview. So I got to just like pull myself back. And then I look over and you're tearing up and I'm like, all right, I love it here. I love this. Um, can you tell me a little bit about why you love to run um, or what drew you into running in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting you say about um, getting tear because I get chills right now. Like right now I'm like, like literally on uh, the border of actually busting out into the tears there. Cause you do have moments that just like, um, and it may not even be your own personal moments, but it is like seeing that person work so hard in order to get across the line. Um, if it's the first person or it's the last person, they've gone through a journey in order to get there. So I, uh, I, I started kind of being athletic as cyclist, um, getting into mountain biking. And um, so I was a long time biker more, more than anything and started to just not have the passion for that activity and started getting a little bit older and got an office job and I was working a lot. Um, and with my personality type, I just work. That's what I do. I just work, 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 work. And for lunchtime, I was like, well, I'll take a lunch, but I'll be at my desk eating um, while I do that. And then eventually I get to a point where I start to get burnt out and start to get cranky. We were getting an hour long lunch and I never took that, that lunch and her and some of the um, coworkers would go um, do something for lunchtime and they started actually running for it. And my wife had a passion for running um, before I, I did. And then it just sounded like fun. And it also sounded like a way for me to kind of get away from my desk. Um, so I started to kind of run with them and go through that process of kind of learning how to actually go and, and do it. And then I super appreciated that I could do it in a half hour, come back, shower, and then like be recharged um, mentally and physically in order to kind of, you know, like, all right, I'm ready to tackle the rest of my day. And then the day felt shorter. And then I had a little bit of that was like kind of my own day. And then I ended up signing up for a CIBC run for the cure. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll try this. And I used to um, race mountain bikes competitively. And I was still a little competitive when I started getting into um, running. Just a little, <laughs> there's still a little bit there. It's more with myself than anything. Um, but I did the CIB Joint for the Cure, and, and there were thousands of people out there um, doing it. And if you've ever participated in a race and you're you're lining up and you're all packed into a corral and you're all close together, which is weird to think about in a post-COVID world, um, but you're all uh, tied together and it's, and it's go time. And then you're running and that first kilometer, if it's your first time doing it, or at least for me, it was like running the fastest I've, I've ever run before. My heart's beating out of my chest. Everybody's going along and trying to zig and zag through everybody. And it's like, whoa, I need to, to slow down. And then you start to get into a groove and start to go. And then you see somebody a little bit ahead of you. And it's like, maybe I'll try to pass that person. Or somebody starts to pass you. And it's like, maybe I'll just hang out with that person. And then I just started to like really like that um, environment. And I found that it wasn't actually competitive um, for at least for, for me, 
where it's like, hey, you're running along with somebody and you start having a conversation with the person beside you. It's like, oh, where are you from? It's like, oh, I'm from Carolina. You're Carolina, well, what are you doing here? And I was like, wow, this is a cool group of people. And in my cycling world, it was always compete and it's gotta be faster and better and then you and stuff like that. It's like, no, this just seemed like a welcoming kind of community. Um, you can get out of it what you got out of it. And like some of my half hour workouts are my hardest workouts. Um, and I feel like, oh man, that's absolutely amazing that, you know, how um, hard I worked and how good I feel afterwards. And I find that it never gets easier. Um, it just gets faster. And and I think I, I am definitely quoting there and again. I don't know who, who said that, but it's just, it always stuck with me. It never gets easier. It just gets faster. It's really the mental benefit of it as well. And like I said, I was sitting at my, my desk and I was working all the time for um, hours at a time and never taking a break of it. And I started to get burnt out and I get kind of cranky and start to get depressed on that particular case there. And then running, reducing, releasing those in, endorphins started making me feel good and it's like oh wait a second this is awesome so now i find if i don't run for three days then i start to slip back into that or i start to get cranky and it's like you know shannon will notice that i'm not necessarily myself and it's like you need to go for a run and and she's 100 percent right i go for a run and i might be feeling terrible at the beginning of it if we've all gone for it for runners it's like i'm cranky i don't want to do this and you come back you're like woo, that was awesome and it's like uh, just a switch goes and you just feel like super awesome and the last part of it too is that i just like the the self-improvement part of it i personally just like to improve myself and i can find with running that there are some measurable gains for it i tend to run the same route all the time and some for some people that's super boring for me i love doing that because then it's like okay sweet it took me this long to get from point a to point b maybe i'll work a little bit harder and then i start to notice those times go uh, down a little bit and how long it takes me and my pace starts to go up and maybe my heart's not working as hard in order to do that. Um, so I love the self-improvement part of it as well. So long-winded answer on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. Yeah. To anybody that hasn't done a race, trying to describe that energy at the beginning, it's just like, it's like this electric energy. You can feel it um, in the air with that many people and they're all very excited to be there. And I think all of us can relate to running that first kilometer at Mach 10 and <laughs> just uh, getting halfway through the race and being like, well, I probably should have done the first bit a little bit slower. Um, speaking about passing people, I don't know if you remember, uh, we ran the Midsummer 8K together at one point. And I just have to tell this story because it's so funny. I was kind of taking a chill day doing this 8K and this crazy person behind me passes me with airplane arms and it was you and from that point on it was on and i had to do that i think i ran probably one of the fastest 8k's i've ever run in my life because i had to do the airplane arms back i had to yeah. <laughs> i had to catch you so there's like a little bit more of the competitive side but for those that aren't really competitive you're right it is a very inclusive environment and Obviously, me and you were kind of just having a little bit of fun out there on the race. Can you tell me a little bit more about the play community? What are your core values there? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. When we opened up the store, we weren't sure um, who's gonna, the customer was going to be coming in. And we started hiring people for passion for the activities that we do. So run training, so gym stuff, hiking, and then lifestyle are our key disciplines. So we started finding, it's like, hey, wait a second, we're looking for people who are watching those Iron Man videos and starting to get a teary about it. And we'll teach you about the technology part of it. 
as long as you're kind of passionate about the activities and passionate talking to people. So we started kind of getting this really core group of individuals that were working at the store and it's like just loved doing it. And then we partnered up um, with Dirty Feet, which is a, a, a group that organized trail races in the Okanagan. And this was kind of um, early days. And then we started showing up um, at the races, my, my wife and I and some of the team at the store and people started recognizing our face out. Um, either supporting the run community that way, or we were actually like out running and then people were like, hey, who are you? Or participating in other people, other stores, races. Um, and they're like, hey, aren't you that guy from Play? I'm like, yeah. Oh, this isn't a Play race. What are you doing here? It's like, it's just a race. I, I, it doesn't matter if it's organized by store A, B, or C. I just want to be part of this community. So I'm out there kind of doing it. So people started to kind of like, recognize who we were and years passed and we were kind of like coming and hawing about um the store having a run club we tried it early days and um it ended up just not necessarily being the vibe that we wanted it to be we didn't want it to be a um, a real fast kind of club we wanted it to kind of be an inclusive come out and have um, fun more than anything kind of kind of club and 2020 we decided that we would do a run club and then COVID happened so we were all geared up in order to go we had um, shirts screened everything in order to give away about the play run club and then the world shut down and we we were like okay you know what we're gonna have the play run club on Strava and Strava if you're familiar with it for us is kind of like social media for um, active people um, I dump Bryant runs on there and you can be part of a club. And so there is a play run club and people started joining it. And for me, it's more about like giving people thumbs up and that you're out there and you've done an activity. So if you're, you've gone and done 2K, awesome. Thumbs up to you. You've gone and run 36 kilometers because it's your 36th birthday. Awesome. I personally don't really care what someone's done for pace or anything like that. I'm just like stoked that you're out there doing it. So our play run club virtually during COVID started to actually grow. We should, you know, now actually take it, you know, like take it to the next level and start to have the run club at the store. Fast forward a year, come back in order to do a store visit. And um, it turned out that it was during um, one of the um, run club nights and Shannon and I, you know, come and show up for the run club. And there's like 35 people in the store. And because we're now in the behind the scenes role for play, they didn't know who we were, which was awesome. And it's like, wow, this is a awesome community. Everybody is all gathered around at the front of the store chatting. And it's like, oh, man, I'm so excited to be able to participate in, in this. And then we actually go for a run. And then it's a super casual, inclusive pace there. And people are just chatting and being social. And it's like, wow, okay, they did exactly what we wanted it to do is to be, um, it's, it's more like a social club. Like people go out for beers afterwards. And that was, was very, very cool that the run club started to do that. And now we're um, partnered with Interior Running Association. Um, so on the road side of things, and so we're going to support that com that community as well. So it's just kind of one of those things that just kind of 
organically started to grow once people knew um, who we were and how passionate we were about the activity. And, uh, you know, who knows what the future will hold. Totally. I love that uh, social aspect and that community. And I've really tried to build that more for the, the lifting and the gym side of things. Um, I just wanted to read a little bit here just about the play brand because I just thought this was really awesome from your website. So you guys are focused on running, training, hiking, and lifestyle products. Don't be fooled, though. If you're into rock, paper, scissors, cheese chasing, bubble soccer, or anything really, we have the footwear, footwear and apparel for you. And although we do love to play, we'd also like you to know that we understand and excel in delivery and amazing. Who knew customer service could be that good experience? It's our priority number, numero uno. That's one in Spanish for those that don't know. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Play the Brand? Uh, it uh, it kind of touched on something that I, I talked about earlier. And it's even an experience that I had is I went to a store, I won't name stores, but I went to, to a store and I didn't get to talk to, and I, I was there and I wanted to, you know, purchase a pair of shoes. Um, I kind of got ignored and it took a bit for me to kind of like, I was new to the sport and I was, and it took a little bit for me to kind of go into the, um, into that running specialty shop, um, work up the courage in order to kind of do that and to not get greeted or talked to at all. didn't really make me feel very good. So that's why that description, I really hope that if someone hears that they is like, okay, cool. It sounds like that's a, just a passionate group of people who just like to have fun. And it's not intimidating. Just have two people talking about something that they're passionate about or want more information on and just kind of like geek out on things. I find myself, I have to, um, I, I warn people ahead of time and it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to geek out on you a little bit and you give them a little bit of maybe like next level information. You can just kind of see whether or not they glazed out or whether or not like, yeah, yeah, give me, give me more information. Um, but that's where you want to kind of like get into those relationships and start to peel layers back of the onion because who knows where the customer's previous experience has been. Having a team that, again, that are passionate about the product and passionate about the gear and use that product in gear so you can start to uh, feel comfortable with that individual and uh, never have somebody... Um, kind of make things up and like, well, if you don't know the answer, just, you know, take that person up to the front and jump on the internet and see if you can find an answer for them. You don't know the way to something. You know what? I don't know the answer. Let's go find it out. Um, so a real truth to it as well, the relationship and then helping them achieve again, whatever their, their goal is. It was, if it's, I want to be comfortable on my feet for working nine hours a day, or I'm, I'm running my first 5k. It's like, yeah, that's super exciting. High five to you let's let's do this totally i love the uh speaking authentically to the product side of things uh being able to say like i actually have never used this before uh let's go find out about it or i have used this before i really liked what you said where you said i'm a human and you're a human and i firmly believe that anybody that's going out one foot on the pavement you're a runner right there and i think having that community and that inclusivity within the play brand is so awesome to see and really motivational for people um, what races do you have on the docket this year? And also what is your all time favorite race? I do want to preface this by saying that you are a crazy person who decided to just skip running marathons and just did an ultra marathon. <laughs> um, so for anyone out there, uh, that's 
in my opinion, not a normal step to do, but very awesome and set the bar pretty high. Love that. Uh, but yeah, what, what races do you have going on this year? Well, and, and I'll even kind of um, preface that by saying races. And I used air quotes before for races. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a race. And yes, yeah, so it can be as competitive what as you want it to be. But for me, it is competing against myself more than anything. So the race is really against myself more than anything. So right now, um, what I've got on the docket is actually the first race of nine um, actually starts next weekend. And it's the Vancouver Island Race Series. And there are um, these nine super well-organized races. They're like every two weeks and range from 8K to a half marathon with the last one being a uh, 5K. And I used that last year as a reason to get out of the house. So once I heard about this race series, I'm like, wait a second, every weekend I'm going to, almost every weekend I'm going to a new destination on the island. Okay, cool. This is an excuse for me to get, get out and see things. Um, missed the first race because of COVID, but then participating in all of efforts and absolutely loved it. Um, again, get that feeling of like-minded individuals all lining up, gun goes off, compete against yourself across the time, across and across the line. It's like, oh, what? how fast did I, I do it in? Uh, that type of stuff. And for me, the nerves never go away for races. I love that feeling. It's like, it makes me feel alive and, you know, that, that I'm there and I'm like, oh boy. So that's kind of um, the first one on the docket this year. Um, found that there's a, a really neat um, charity run here called Fletcher's Challenge. And you show up and you jump on a bus and you don't necessarily know what the distance is or the course is. Um, so it can be somewhere between 10 and 20 K and they'll take you to a destination and then drop you off. And it's very, very well marked. So you're not going to get lost, but you could be running 14 K that day. And the buzz on the bus, this will be the third year that I've done it. And this is going to be um, Easter weekend. The buzz on the bus is like, oh, maybe we're going to do this trail or maybe we're going to do this. Trail. And I don't know any of the trails around here as a trail race. Um, so I'm like, I don't know what any of those names mean at all. I'm like, I'm just going to do this and just be along for the ride here. But just that energy of everybody I'm like, maybe it's going to be this. I'm like, oh, we're heading towards Costco. It's going to be this route. I'm hooked. I got to do this. Uh, so this will be the third year that I'm going to be doing that. I believe you and I are going to be in Calgary in order to do the Calgary Marathon. Um, so I'll be participating in that. And I've been thinking about that. I think that the half marathon and the marathon start at the same time. So we might be able to a little jockey a little bit at the very <laughs> beginning there and pull out our airplane arms a little yeah, bit yeah, there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. I see all the same people there all the time. So. It's kind of my home stomping ground, so I'm excited for you to come out, and that'll be way too much fun. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little intimidated because of the elevation. Because when we came out um, in that summertime, that elevation uh, did get me. It did end up adding ten minutes to my time there. It's like whoa, <laughs> going from sea level to mountain level. That yeah, okay, cool. This is a real thing here. I get why people yeah. elevation train uh, all the time there. So that'll be on the uh, the docket as well, and the final one well there's final two but um last year i ran the royal victoria marathon last um year and the half marathon the year before that and absolutely run that i uh, love that race and as soon as the um uh it opens up we're just like sign up sign up sign up 
And I like to do, personally, I like to do two marathons in a year. So I'll have the Calgary as my first one and then I'll have the fall one. I just haven't found it yet. I don't know which one it's going to be. So it's kind of like up in the air. And those are like the ones that are at least planned or I've spent money on. Um, other ones that pop up, I was like, okay, cool. I'll totally do this one. Um, I'm, I've run three races in a week. I don't recommend that at, at all. Um, I was exhausted afterwards and I'm sure I, you know, I thought it was a good idea at the beginning and at the end of it, it's like, that was silly. Why did I do that? But I wanted to learn and see if I could, and see if I could actually do it. And that's kind of what it, why I ended up doing, um, jumping from not ever doing a, a trail ultra to doing a trail ultra is to see, can I do this? I don't know. Let's look just what, wanting to self-improve and just kind of push myself to a level that will maybe be uncomfortable, but I'll learn some, something, something about myself. Yeah, totally. Did you, have you ever ran the Grizzly Ultra or any part of that? Because that's the no. next one you should come out and do sometime in Canmore. You can do a relay. It's 50K. So four people do the, the relay or you can do a two person team. So 25 yeah. each, or you can do the full one. Um, but it's within the Nordic Center. So that's what I'm doing later. And it is tons and tons of elevation. Like it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's fun. You feel I was, uh, I'm a kind of a psychopath on downhills. I completely reckless, probably going to get me one of these days. But when you're going like three minute kilometers, just full on straight downhill, you just kind of feel like you're a like antelope or something. I don't know. It's, it's an experience. It's so fun. It's not to interrupt you there. Sorry. Like yeah. I'll definitely say for when you're running downhills, regardless if you're going that fast or if you're kind of going downhill, it makes you feel like a kid. Like it really does like, Wee! and honestly I do that quite often. It's like I'm running downhill and it's like, Hey, I'm not using as much of my own energy. I go, like, I have no chance. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I do the same thing. I just, I love that feeling. And it does make you feel totally like a kid. Um, okay. So I guess we have two more questions left. The first one cool. being, what are your favorite running snacks? Well, I'll break this down. as kind of like I have sort of a routine. And I actually just heard it in the background with my oatmeal. Um, I have a rice maker that can make oatmeal in it. So I put it in, still cut oats, set it does it perfectly for me for an hour. So I usually have like oatmeal before my run. And then during the actual run, if I, this is how, how geeky I am for it. Um, if I'm on the road, I tend to use Huma gels or I was using Morton gels, um, but I really like the taste of Huma gels. And if you haven't used them, they're chia seeds. Um, it's more like a puree than anything. Uh, so I find it's really, really easy to get in. Um, and I just like, if you're running for longer periods of time, I start to think about snacks. I'm like, Hmm, that post run, um, chocolate's going to be really, really good. Um, and then kind of Huma hits those notes. It's like, I'm running and I'm getting a snack and a treat while I'm doing it on the trail side of things. And if you don't know about this, then it's like giddy up on this is trail butter. So they're, um, nut butter energy. And the flavors of them are super, super good because I believe you like peanut butter and that's what the, these are there. So it's like a super snack and it's a great balance of fats for when you're running um, longer distances on trail where you do need that fin fat intake. So those two things are like my treats. And depending if it's like a really, really long um, run, I like to bring some kind of granola bar because eventually my brain says, I don't want gels anymore. I want to actually chew something uh, somewhere along the line. And then post run, again, depending if it's like a race, 
um, or if it was like a really long one. Uh, I have a pizza joint that's just down the block from me. It's like less than a kilometer away. And I love post-run pizza. <laughs> that's definitely like my weaknesses. So that's kind of like, those are my snacks slash regimen for, uh, for, for running. I love talking to runners about food because I have never met a runner that does not like food. And that's kind of the thing about the community as well. I'll, I'll touch on that just because it, it means so much to me. And I had mentioned that the customers kind of dictate um, things for us as well. And, it, and, Puma was one of those things that somebody kind of um, suggested, like, have you tried this? I'm like, no, I've never tried it. Let me, you know, and I searched it out, tried it. It's like, wow, these are absolutely amazing. And then I started carrying them in, in the store. So I find that some of like our um, coolest discoveries, it's like I, um, I'm wearing a Cielli hat right now. And if you're a runner, it seems to be like part of the standard uniform. And I remember like, seven years ago somebody like a regular customer walking in with a Sealy hat and then me like kind of like <laughs> skipping the record going what is that and it's like that is so cool and then him kind of bringing it to my attention it's like yeah this is brand right in montreal i'm like okay i need to get that brand there so you know they can the community and customers can bring some pretty awesome things to you as well there so that's how i kind of discovered some of those snacks and some of those brands at the store yeah, no, that is wicked. And then, so my last question is, just before we uh, sign off here, is what advice do you have for new runners? Well, I'm not a coach at all, um, and I uh, I wish I, in some respects, um, had gotten into running a little bit earlier because I could actually have had a, a coach. But from my reading and from my own personal experience, it's been go slow. <laughs> um, I I think. There's a um, maybe a misconception when you're getting into running, right? and running even sounds like it's fast. Um, where you kind of have to switch the brain if you're starting to do 5Ks or marathons or ultras or, or whatever. Be uh, running a longer distance is I gotta go fast. And it's like, well, that's where you can start to get injured, and it's generally, in my opinion, it's not as much fun. Uh, it can be fun for sure in order to go fast, but until your body gets used to it and you start to understand that it's an endurance sport more than anything, um, that can um, really be an issue for you. So I think going slow is definitely something that um, will be beneficial in order to build your legs and your lungs used to it. Like I, I still remember, I started my running in my 30s and I still remember trying to run that first 5K. And it used to be a get to a, a pole it's like can i make it to that telephone pole without feeling like you know i've got lactic acid building in my mouth there okay cool now can i run to the next pole and start to build on that particular point there and it really was like i need to dial that speed way down in order to kind of build it and then you know kind of biting off a, a distance that is actually like realistic so from for me going and and being like running fives and tens and some half marathons and just jumping up into it an ultra i probably wouldn't recommend that um but i i did it as like i'll just wait and see and i treated that ultra like a more like an eating contest but like going from zero to a hundred that can you know set yourself up for some failure there for sure and then kind of the last thing is after you kind of like picked that goal um be it that cibc run for the cure or your first 5k sign up for a race and don't let the term race be um like the thing that can hold you back it's like i'm not a racer it's like think of it more of as an, an event that you're signing up for like the vibe of it 
um, and then kind of experience that and then tell somebody you're doing it. Maybe even post it on social media to have some accountability for it. And then, you know, someone else will come up to you and they'll say, hey, how's your training going? And it's like, it's a nice little um, reinforcement. Hopefully it doesn't make you feel bad, but it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's like I signed up for that type of thing. And then the experience is like, oh, this is such a, such a, such a fun environment. So yeah, go slow, pick a, a something that's digestible and then sign up for a race slash event and then uh, get ready for it. Those are awesome pieces of advice. Um, I will say, I think a coach is anybody that can inspire people to get out there. And I know even just talking to you today, I'm definitely going to go out for a run, uh, regardless of how snowy and terrible it is out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I know for a fact, there's countless people that have come into play or wherever you've been and heard some pieces of shoe advice and have gone out there and been inspired to start racing or do a run or even just do that two kilometers and get a thumbs up on Strava. So that's wicked. And I would definitely say whether you're doing it professionally or just, you know, part of your overall job experience, you are coaching people to run and getting them out there and giving them all these pieces of advice, like eating peanut butter on your run or, you know, (laughs) whatever it may be. I think that's all I have for today, but uh, I just had such a fun time with you and really happy to reconnect and share some of this really good stuff and passion and, shoe shoe expertise from Cy the sneaker guy it's been it's been a blast thanks for inviting me on this i i knew i was nervous in order to kind of do it but this is uh i i'm just so passionate about it that i forgot all about those nerves and it's like let's start talking about stuff i love and that wraps up another episode of the 8020 podcast a huge thank you to our incredible guests who bring the expertise and insights to the table every time They're the real MVPs of the 8020 podcast. If you loved what you heard today, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And hey, if you have any burning questions or topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out. Remember, health and fitness are journeys, not destinations. So whether you're hitting the gym, going for a run, or just taking a moment to stretch, keep that 8020 balance in mind. As we sign off, stay fit, stay focused, and keep that smile on your face. This is Coach Haley signing out from the 8020 podcast. Until next time.